Absolutely. Um, once again, hi guys, my name is Jenny. I'm a grateful recovering alcoholic. Super stoked to be here with you guys tonight. There's no place, seriously, there's no place I'd rather be on a Friday night than with a bunch of drunks and a little pink house in Austin, Texas. So uh, real quick, uh, my sobriety date is 2-22-15. So um, if I keep working next Wednesday, I'm going to have eight years. So I'm super stoked. I know, right? I'm not, no, I know there's no frenzies, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm really... Um, really excited about that. I, I, I think I might make it, but, um, and I'll qualify it real quick. You guys, I was, I was born in, in Texas. My mother was a head cheerleader and a homecoming queen and real proper. And my daddy was on the football team and like super dialed in and the church and all that stuff. And, you know, they were little hillbillies from, from way West Texas. And, um, <laughs> they had me and God help them, man. Like they were so religious and conservative. And I always hear it in the rooms of AA, like from the minute I was born and have like memories, like I knew I was different. It was like, I just, I was not a normal kid. I was, I was very, my mom's like, let's take ballet. And I was like, I'd rather race motorcycles. And like, I just didn't do any of the things my poor parents wanted me to do. And I was rebellious from the from the start, you know, and my mother um, had a small drinking problem. She also loved the way cocaine smells. And um, so that was an, a bit of an issue. And my dad was a big rageaholic and super violent. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, as far back as I can remember, my dad molested me when I was a kid. And um, and I have a little sister, thank God, who's very pretty and prissy and filled on my mom's little girl dreams. And uh, and I got to be my dad's like stand in son. And so um, when, he, when he started abusing me, I went and told adults, right? Like, I'm like, hey, man, that's what you're supposed to do. And the adults said, no, we don't believe you. Because, like, your sister's so pretty and you're not. So why would he mess with you and not your sister? And so, and I'm not saying that made me an alcoholic at all. It made me really angry. And it made me not trust adults, like, at fucking all. And, um, you know, my parents split up. And, um, and I was living with my mom. And I was just running fucking amok. Like, I was so angry and so pissed off. And I had so much rage and uh thank god i found another group of angry pissed off kids that came from broken homes and were abused like me and in this really kick-ass punk rock scene in in dallas texas right and so um it was awesome like they 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 acted like me they fought like me and they um they introduced me to the wonderful world of drinking and and drugs and uh i mean as far i mean i was like 12 years old and and drinking and by the time i was a senior in high school i was shooting up and you know, loaded. I had my own apartment because I sold drugs, which made me very popular. And, uh, you know, it was, it was, um, it was awesome because anything I could put into my body to not feel like the way I felt, like to, to change, like the way I felt about myself, I would do it. Like, I mean, I remember when I had a club, somebody's like, do you want any of these pills? And I just put my mouth on them and took them all. I didn't give a shit what they did. I just, I wanted to not feel my, my body. And so, you know, so I I was off to the races, like, at a really young age. So um, by the time I was 21, I did what any good alcoholic drug addict would do. I had a baby with somebody that I hated, and um, (laughs) it was awesome. And uh, my son was born three months premature, you guys. He weighed one pound, nine ounces when he was born. He was, like, that big. Like, and... um, a normal person would see like a baby like this, you know, and be like, holy shit, like I got to get my fucking life together and like quit like partying like this. I've got this like life that I'm responsible for. But in my mind, I was like, oh, he's going to be in the hospital for six months, built in babysitter, you know, and I was back out on the streets and, and partying. I mean, I'd go see my son, you know, like in the morning and then I was off to the races and, uh, 
And I never thought that I had like a problem in my life because I always kept a job. Methamphetamines make you super productive, you guys. So they loved me. They'd be like, holy shit, the store looks amazing. And I'd be like, yes, it does. You know, and I was like, just, I was like, I face everything and I organize it and I swept and I dusted the fans and they're like, okay, great. Um, so I, I normally managed to, to keep a job like for, for most of my life. And so, you know, it's, I laugh because I'm always like, oh, you know, when I reminisce and look back like on my drinking in Dallas, I'm like, oh, it wasn't that bad. And then I was like, well, I did accidentally burn down an apartment complex cooking meth with my friend Tanner. And, um, and then I was like, yeah, that's pretty bad. And then I was like, well, yeah. And then I got my jaw broken. And I was like, yeah, that was pretty bad. And my, my eye socket is fake because I got my face smashed in with a two by four. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then there's that time I cracked my skull. Oh, and I shot my, I, I got shot in the leg by a drug dealer, which was, um, I was like, what are you going to do? Shoot me? And he shot me. I was like, what the fuck? Like, I was like, um, I was so shocked. I was like, holy shit. Like, I didn't really think he'd do it. But, um, and I, I stabbed my, my, the father of my baby. I stabbed this man. I hated him so much, you guys. I, I was going to say, I still might stab him if he walked through the door right now, but I, that's horrible. And I've got, I've got a lot of recovery, so I wouldn't do that. Um, but I stabbed him. Like, I mean, I fucking full on like stabbed him to where he had to go to the hospital. And, um, and you know, like I look back and I'm like, it wasn't that bad. And then I think about all that shit and I'm like, it was fucking horrible. You guys, I was like, I was an absolute mess. And so I thought my problem, I did the alcoholic thing and I was like, oh, my problem is Texas. Like I was, cause I was punk rock and weird. And I was like, people in Texas don't appreciate me. And so I thought I'm gonna go somewhere where there's normal people, where I can raise my baby with normal people. And I thought, well, yeah, let's go to LA. Like we're all the normal people. And, um, and I moved there and I, I'd grown up with this guy in, in Texas who became a screenwriter. And he said, man, if I ever make a big movie, I promise you I'll move you out to California. And he made a big movie, a really big movie and bought a house in, in this cool part of LA called Silver Lake. And, and he moved me and my kid like out to California. So here I am with my 13 year old son in California. And I was like, I'm so excited. I get to start over. Clean slate. Like nobody, my nickname, they used to call me um, Skinny Jenny, like when I lived here in Texas and, uh, or the Texas tornado, because I just come into a bar and like spin around and wreck everything and then be like, bye everybody, you know, and then take off and leave. Um, so I was super excited to go to LA where nobody knew me and I got to go to clubs that I wasn't banned from. And I was, I was, I was just, I was, I couldn't wait. And I got there and I was like, I'm going to be so normal and my life is going to be so great. I'm not going to be a fuck up. And I think I lived there for three days before I was, I was banging a bartender and my, uh, my girl, my side girl, uh, was a drug dealer. And so I was like, oops. And, um, and I was, and I was right back in it, you know, and my poor kid, like, um, I remember being, I dated a concert promoter for a little while. And I remember being like in a, in a, like after hours thing. And I'll never forget this. I swear to God, this is true. Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters was like, whose fucking kid is this? And I got like two in the morning and we're like partying. And I was like, oh, it's mine. He's fine. You know? And it wasn't like, people were like, what are you doing? Like your kid, it's two in the morning and all these people are doing drugs. And I was like, oh, he's fine. Like, thank I wish you could have driven back then. It would have helped me a lot. But, um, but it was just, it was messy, you know? And I, I was so excited to get to LA and for things to be different. And unfortunately I got to LA and it was still just as fuck. It was super messy. And my kid finally at 17, my kid's like, see you fucking crazy pants. And he, he moved, he left and went to, went to college. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> he's like, he's like, I'm going to get an education and save myself. And I was like, whatever, educations are boring. And, um, and he left. And once my son left, like he was the only thing that kind of anchored me in any way, shape or form to like any kind of fucking reality. And once he was gone and I didn't have to like, keep a nice house or, you know, 
<laughs> shower or brush my teeth or like whatever. Like I just, I went off the rails once my kid was gone because I had nothing to like be responsible for. And uh, it got really, really bad, you guys. And I started feeling really sick, weird. Um, and, uh, and I went to the doctor and I was like, hey man, I don't know what's wrong with me, but I'm not feeling great. And the doctor's like, no idea what's wrong. And I was like, nope. He's like, let's run some tests. And I was like, all right, cool. And he comes back and he's like, hey, do you drink a lot? And I was like, I don't know. Like, what's your definition of a lot? And he's like, do you have more than two cocktails a day? And I remember I just, I couldn't even help myself. I started laughing and I was like, I have like two cocktails in the fucking shower, like to get ready to go to work, you know? And he was like, yeah, your liver's failing. Like your, your liver's failing. And I was 40 fucking years old. And I was like, what? You know? And I was like, um... Yeah, I don't feel like my liver's failing. And he's like, well, I'm telling you it is. And I was like, well, fuck you. What do doctors know? I was like, you just went to school for eight years and have all this experience. I was like, I feel fine. And I went out and drank for another year, you guys. Like, I just didn't give a shit. Like, I was like, I didn't care if I died. Like, I just, I didn't want to. I'm, I'm so, I'm still so shocked, like, that I'm in my 50s now. I can't fucking believe. I made no plans after 30. But, um. But anyway, so I, I drank for another year and you guys, I was at this bar that I, that I went to a lot in Los Angeles and, uh, and this, I, there was this cute boy that was a bar back and I was like, Hey, what's happening? Trying to be all sexy and drunk at the bar. And I was like, you're so cute. When'd you start working here? And he's like, Jenny, I've known you for fucking four years. I've worked here for, and I was like, Oh my God, sorry. And I was like, well, let's go get a drink sometime. And he was like, I don't drink. And I was like, oh, I said, boring. And as I said, boring, you guys, like trying to be all sexy, I slid off my bar stool accidentally, <laughs> smashed my head on the side of the bar and cut my face wide open. And he's like, nice. And he's like, hands me some napkins. And I'm like sitting there with blood gushing down my head. And I'm like, we should still get that drink. And this is, this shows a little bit about his program. Cause he was like, yeah, sure. Um, and so, uh, he did that really clever thing like the attraction rather than promotion thing. And he'd be like, Hey man, like, I have to go to an AA meeting, but we'll go get like breakfast after. And I was like, all right. And he's like, just come in. And at first I was an asshole and I'm like, I'm not going. I had, I had dated people that went to AA and I'd sit there and drink wine and tell them how proud I was of them and stuff. Yeah. And, uh, and I wouldn't go because I knew all this. I hated all that God stuff. I grew up with a really mean sky daddy, you guys. And coming from Plano, Texas, where it was super conservative. And I, I got kicked out of church. Not because I did anything, but just solely based on the way that I looked. They wouldn't let me come to church. And it was just because I had like a purple mohawk. And I was like, and I told, I used to tell them, I'm like, Jesus would love me. He ran around with prostitutes. And they were like, oh my God. You know, like they had a heart attack. If I, they were like, oh, get out of here, you little heathen. And, uh, and they kicked me out. And I remember feeling like, oh my God, like I can't even do religion right, you know? And so when I, when I, you know, started going to meetings with my, with my boyfriend, I was like, I'd look up and see all that God stuff. And I'd be like, you ignorant fools with your God, you know? And I was so self-righteous in my, um, in my being anti-religion, you know? And so I was like, I'll show, I'll show them. And I was living this glorious life where I was dying. And, uh, and finally, like when I started going to meetings with my boyfriend, you guys would talk and I'd be like, oh, like, that's how I feel. And then people would say about their stories. And I'm like, oh, I did that. And then I was like, oh, fuck. And then I was like, great, I'm an alcoholic. So, um, so I started going to AA. And you guys, I did AA like I did drugs. Like I was in it to win it. Like I had all these service fucking commitments. I would wash cups and pick up cigarettes and I'd do all the shit. 
And um, I mean, I secretaried all these meetings. I would give everybody rides. I was the busiest girl in Los Angeles AA that you've ever seen in your whole entire life. The only thing I didn't really, wasn't really into uh, were the steps. I didn't like those. <laughs> like I, I loved hanging out with you guys and I loved going and getting coffee afterwards and staying up late and telling stories. But um, I do, I would do the one, two, three cha-cha. Like I was like, I have a problem. God can help me. I'll let him. And then I'd be like, oh, searching a fearless moral inventory. I'd be like, I don't think so. Like I, I, cause I knew if anybody knew what I had done in my life, like the things that I had done, that they would kick me out of AA or they would at least report me to the police. <laughs> and, um, and I was super, like, I was like, no fucking way am I, am I doing that? Right. And so I, I kind of did like AA light. Like I came to the meetings and I listened to all you guys and I saw you and the people I came in with all my litter mates were like getting really happy and having these rad lives, you know, and three years in, I'm just bitter and full of like, fear and anger and frustration and all my friends like the promises they're like I have a great job and I have this beautiful partner and I was like I'm so happy for you and I'm kicking my dog you know and I was like um and so me and my boyfriend decided uh <laughs> that we would leave uh Los Angeles because that's where all my problems were <laughs> once again and um and I thought well we'll go to San Francisco because there'll be no problems there and um and so we moved to San Francisco my my boyfriend was going to Berkeley at the time and um he was sober I was sober but we both weren't working. Like we weren't going to meetings. We moved up there and we're like, well, we don't know where to go. And we did the AA thing. Like we're, you know, when you relapse, when you're like, you stop going to meetings and you stop reaching out to other alcoholics and you stop like doing all this stuff that keeps you sober. And, um, and we took a road trip to Los Angeles to pick up his little sweet mother to come back to, to Oakland with us. And while we were, while we were, um, on that trip, he's like, Hey, let's go out tonight. Let's go do some stomping around like where we used to stomp around. I was like, all right, that sounds like a really great idea for two very sick alcoholics to go <laughs> hang out at all the bars we used to drink at. And uh, we got there and he started drinking, right? I mean, and he was not fucking around. Like he was getting really drunk. He was a super violent guy because why would I date anybody who wasn't? And, um, and so he starts getting all belligerent and shit. And I was like, oh, this is going to suck. And my friend was like, you're going to have your hands fucking full tonight. And I was like, yeah, I know. And he's like, you want a drink? And a man, you guys, like three years I had sober and he pushed that glass in front of me and I was like fucking defenseless. I was like, absolutely. And I drank that drink and then I drank about 12 more and then I drank a bunch of beers. Then I got a little Coke and then we went, we decided to go home to his mom's house because it's what classy alcoholics do. And, um, shocker, we got in a fight like at his mom's house and she, poor little lady, she's sleeping on the couch. She's letting us have a room and we get in this fight and he, this guy could push my fucking buttons like nobody I ever met before. And he was just fucking dialing that phone. And he finally said something and I punched him in the face as hard as I could. And I broke his glasses and stuff, which made him really mad. And he like grabbed me by my hands and pushed me down on the ground. So I was flat on my back and he's in my face screaming at me. Right. And so I did <laughs> so classy, you guys. Um, I did what any normal fucking person would do when they're in a situation like that. I reached up with my face and I attached my fucking mouth to his oh. cheek right fucking here. And I wouldn't let go for all the fucking money in the world. Like, and he's punching me in the head. Like, cause I was, I was like, you fucking make me mad. I'll show you. And I fucking latched onto his face. The guy's punching me in his head. His little four foot mom comes in to break up our fight. Cause she sees him on top of me punching me and she thinks he's attacking me. Right. And, uh, this poor woman. And so she pulls her son off. He stands up blood's gushing down his face right and i have to look at this woman whose son i've been dating for three years and spit his face out of my mouth so i was all and talk about like 
pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization when you have to look at this woman and be like, sorry, I just ate your fucking kid's face. And, uh, and it was, I mean, and that's why I love alcoholics because you can come in here and say shit like that. And they're all like, um, thank you for laughing. Cause I've like, sometimes I'm like, I, like I was known in Oakland as like the cannibal. And I was like, oh man, like I didn't eat it. I spit it out, you know, but, um, but anyway, still super classy, but, uh, but, uh, and then we had to drive like that morning back to Oakland, me and my boyfriend's mother, who was hysterical, my boyfriend with a giant hole out of his fucking face and, uh, and my dog. And, uh, so four, four and a half hours, five hour car ride, super fun. Like, and he's in the back seat. Anytime I'd look in the rearview mirror, he'd be like, look at my fucking face. You know, and I'd be like, sorry, you know, and I'm like driving back and, um, so we broke up. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so, uh, so I got back to Oakland. You guys, I think I had the shortest relapse in the history of AA. I think I, I think I relapsed for twelve hours. And I got back to Oakland, and I knew I was like, "Holy shit!" Like that was one night of me drinking, and I bit my fucking boyfriend's face off. I drove drunk. Like I caused so much wreckage <laughs> in that time that I was like, "I can't fucking go out. If I go out there, like people are gonna fucking die." Because like it was. My, like, my disease didn't take a break. Like, it was like, my monkey on my back was like, we're back. Like, she, he was so excited to be back. And I was like, oh, shit, you know? And I, I knew I had to, like, reel that shit in or I was going to be in big, big trouble. And I feel so fucking sorry for the people that I ran into when I got back to Oakland. Because I was like, if you made eye contact with me in an AA meeting, I was like, holy shit, you guys, I bit my boyfriend's face off. And I really fucked up and I got loaded. And I figured I'm going to die and I got to get some help. And they were like, holy fuck. They're like, here's my number, I guess. Like, they were mortified, right? And I was just... But I knew at that point, I was like, fuck this. Like, I got to do it. Like, fuck the searching fearless moral inventory. I'll do it. And I got this little sponsor. She was so cute. She used to make me meditate at a coffee shop in Oakland. I don't know if you guys have been to fucking Oakland. But she's like, close your eyes. And I'm like, bitch, I'm not closing my eyes at a coffee shop in Oakland. My purse will be gone in 30 seconds. But um, she was so lovely. And I'm so fucking grateful to her. And I did my fucking inventory. I do think there was a couple times her eyes were so wide that I was like, oh, fuck it. But she was so gracious and kind. And she listened to all this litany of horrible shit I had done in my life. And um, you guys, the craziest thing happened. I didn't get kicked out of AA. It was awesome. And, uh, and, I, and I started to get some relief, you know. And then I got to look at, like, you know, I, I got to look at the rest of the steps. And I was like, all right, cool. I did this searching and fearless moral inventory. I didn't fucking die. Um, then I got to look at my character defects. And for me, my defects, like they were like my jam. Like that's what kept me alive all this time. You know, it's how I survived being abused. It's how I survived like living with drug dealers and motorcycle gangs and all this terrible shit that I had done. And so when it came time to get rid of them, I was kind of like, it was like my whoopee. I didn't want to give it up, you know, and my sponsors all pulling on it and I'd pull it back. And I was like, I, I, and then I finally like had to believe because I struggled so hard with the God stuff, you guys. Like to this day, when they say the Lord's Prayer, I'm still like, "Don't roll your eyes, don't roll your eyes." And I like, because it just and it, I love that it works for some people. It doesn't work for me, but because it, it it takes me back to being that little kid getting kicked out of church. But I'm so grateful that like people told me, "Hey, it doesn't have to be that mean sky daddy that you grew up with. It can be this like rad." God of your understanding. And for me, for the longest time, it was the group. And then I was like, oh, I, I live in California, so I'd go to the ocean all the fucking time. And if you can stand at the ocean, on the beach of an ocean, and not think that something bigger than you is happening out there, you got fucking way bigger problems than me. And that's that's saying something. Um, and so like, so I, I started getting busy with these steps, you know, and I, I, I let go or started trying to let go of my character defects. It was so cute, y'all. When I started AA, my mom was like, isn't there a step where you have to like, 
like call people and tell them how sorry you are. And I was like, yes, mother, I'm not on that step yet. You know, and she was like, oh, not for me. I was just asking. And I was like, yeah, yeah. But I was like, it's, it's, it's fucking coming, ladies. So just relax. And, um, and so like, you know, I did all my character defect shit. I, I made the list of people I was, you know, going to make amends to. And it was fucking long, you guys. I worked for a guy in LA for 10 years. This is like, I mean, just to backtrack a little bit, I had never been fired from a job. And right before like I, I got sober, I had worked at this place for 10 years. And my boss that at the time had been sober for 20. And I'd come in like from the night before wearing the clothes I had on the day before, wristbands covered in glitter, just like reeking of bad decisions. He'd be like, did you have fun last night? And I'd be like, you're just jealous, you know? And I'd like come in and put my head down on the marble counter that we had in our showroom. And he'd be like, uh, hey, just so you know, uh, your skirt's tucked into your fucking underwear and your ass is hanging out. And I'd be like, you're just jealous, you know? And I mean, I was such a fucking mess. And I was so fucking horrible to this guy for 10 fucking years. And, um, and so when I got sober and I got to make amends, I made an amends to him. And it was so great because he was like, dude, I'm so stoked that you're sober. And he's like, I can't believe. He's like, I really didn't think you were going to make it. I mean, I can't tell you how many people on Facebook, you guys, I'm old, so I do Facebook. But um, I can't tell you how many people on Facebook that I've run into from like where I grew up in Plano and Dallas and stuff. And they're like, holy shit. I had no idea you were still alive. Like, I mean, people were shocked that I was alive. And then if you tell them I'm alive and sober, they're like, what? Like, it just blows their mind. And, um, you know, I got to make amends. I made amends to my son. Um, it sucks. I didn't get sober till my kid was 21, right? And, uh, and so uh, it's really fucking painful to me because um, he's, he's, he's one of us and he's out there drinking and using. Like, I came home last year or before I moved here. So it was like two years ago, whenever that snowpocalypse thing was, I drove in it cause I'm like, I'm from Texas, the weather's never bad. And then I was like driving and it was fucking awful. I was like, I'm gonna die on this road. But um, so I drove here in that snowpocalypse and my kid came over and he was fucking drunk and just, you know, well, you know, cause we are, but you know, when you're drunk and you think you're having this like really brilliant conversation and you think you're being like so deep and like you're solving all the world's problems. And my kid is just spouting off this shit. And I was like, bro, I was like, shut up. I was like, you sound so fucking stupid. I said, I'm so bored. And he was like, damn mom. And I was like, I'm sorry, babe. I was like, you just sound like a fucking idiot. And he's like, that's fucking <laughs> hardcore. And I was like, I'm sorry. I'm just bored. I'm going to fucking bed. You know, cause he's all running his hands through his hair and solving all the problems of the world. And I was like, yeah, you just, you just stay out here and drink that bottle and, and figure it out. And, um, I asked the next day, he's like, Hey, what can I do to like, you know, for your birthday? It was, it was my birthday or something. And, and I was like, um, I said, can you not drink for three days for the three days that I'm here? And he's like, sure, I'll not drink for three days. And the first day I remember him coming out and his little hand was shaking, you know, and like, I was like, oh, that's not good. You know, and I was so, it like wrecked me inside. And then, uh, then the second day we're at my sister's house and he, he was living with my sister at the time and I'm in the game room sleeping and, uh, he, he comes out and I said, Hey kid, thanks so much for not drinking. It's been really fucking nice. Like his little eyes were bright again and he was laughing and funny and not like being all drunk philosophical and uh it was lovely and then he's like okay I'm going to bed and he goes in his room and he was in there maybe three minutes and I hear this big boom like this loud thud right and I was like my mom instantly my mom was like my mom instincts were like go check and then I was like no don't be that like I didn't want to barge in there on him if he's gaming or doing something stupid and then I had that this feeling and I was like go fucking check and I opened the door my kid is face down in a pile of blood having a full-blown grand mal seizure from alcohol withdrawal 
And it, my nephew to this day said, he's like, I will never forget the way you sounded when you screamed to call 911. Because he sees for like seven minutes, you guys. It was the fucking worst feeling. So I had like got my kid turned on his side, you know, and I'm doing all this stuff. And his eyes are rolled back and he's bleeding because he bit his tongue. He hit his head. And it was horrific. And then the ambulance guys come. He finally comes to. He doesn't know what fucking day it is. He doesn't know where he is, you know. And this was during COVID. So like they take him to the hospital. I'm sitting in the parking lot. And it was the absolute worst feeling because I modeled that behavior for him. I'm not saying like I made my kid an alcoholic, but he didn't have a very good role model growing up. And man, I sat out in that parking lot and I was like looking up treatment programs and places he could go detox and stuff. And then I was like, what are you fucking doing? I knew better. People had told me for a decade I needed to get sober and get my shit together. And I knew if I told my kid like, this is what you need to do, he was going to tell me to get fucked because that's what I did to people, you know, that tried to tell me what to do. And he came out and I was like, hey, I was like, you know, and he's like, they did brain scans and all this stuff. And he's like, there's no brain damage. And I was like, that's great. And, uh, <laughs> and I was <laughs> it's debatable, but, uh, but, um, and I, I said, hey, do you, do you want to think about like maybe going to treatment or anything? He's like, nope. And he's like, listen, man, he's like, I saw you get sober. He, and he's come to meetings and watched me take chips, like big meetings with two and 300 people in, in Oakland. And he's like, I know it's changed your life. I've seen how great your shit's gotten. He's like, I'm not there yet. I'm not ready. And I was like, and it was the toughest thing ever to be like, all right. And I just have to, I have to still just be his mom and show up. Like he had me over for dinner the other night. And he's like, bring your dog. And you guys, we showed up. It, I haven't been in a club this loud. Like it was like music, just boom, boom, like bass. Like my shirt was all bumping. And I was like, he lives in a fucking apartment. And I was like, what are you doing? And his friends all coked out. Like I'm making dinner. I'm making dinner. And I'm like, I see that, you know? And like his, my dog was all stressed. He's like, why is your dog stressed? I was like, this is the loudest, most fucking chaotic place I've been since I've had this dog. You know, my dog's like, what are we fucking doing here? And, um, and I, it was so heartbreaking, you know? And then like, you know, I told him, I was like, your friend in the kitchen's on Coke. And he's like, no, he's not. And I was like, you're so foolish. I said, I did it for fucking 30 years. <laughs> I promise you he's on Coke. And I was like, I guarantee he doesn't eat dinner. You know, he's cooking. He comes out. He's like, I'm not hungry. And I was like, oh, of course you're not. Like, I was like, <laughs> I, shocker. Um, but, you know, but at least he's inviting me around, you know? And so I just have to try to be like that example to him so he can see, you know, like, hey, you can have a sober life. And I was horrified, you guys, like, you know, I made all my amends and I, I'm, I try really hard to be of service. I try to carry the message. I have, I've had more fun being, and I had, I'm not gonna lie, I had a lot of fun when I was drinking and using. I mean, I did and then I, I didn't, but um, I had some really great times. And, uh, you know, I, I was so worried when I got sober that I, I wasn't gonna be fun anymore. And when I first got sober in LA, people were mad. Cause I was like that girl that people would go to the club and be like, I'm not that fucked up. You know, and I'm like hanging from a chandelier naked, like, woo, you know? And so I think when I got sober, people were like, oh fuck, like who's going to take her crown? You know, like people, people didn't want to be like the most fucked up person in the room. And I was like, I hand it over, you know? And, uh, they weren't, they weren't super supportive and they, they'd tell me like, you're boring now and all this stuff. And I, and I believed them cause I didn't have the tools yet. Right. So I was like, Oh man, maybe they're right. And that's why I relapsed so easy. I wasn't working the steps. I didn't have any support. And when they told me I wasn't fun, I was like, I'll show them. And then I bit my boyfriend's face off and had to go find a new place to live. And, <laughs> and so, you know, like, so this time in Oakland, when I, you know, I got sober, I worked the steps and I was like, I go to meetings. I'm really lucky I'm in sales. So I, I don't have a problem talking to people. And I'm, I, <laughs> I, I love people and I love to like interact and stuff. So when I got sober, I'd, I'd go to like these AA dances and shit and I'd watch all these awkward alcoholics like trying to navigate social scenes sober. They're like, oh, don't make eye contact. Oh. Like, and everybody was so afraid and weird. And I was like, all right, you jackasses. And I was like, 
I had a big house with a, gr- with a great backyard. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to start. I'm going to host a meeting at my house on Friday nights. After the meeting, we're going to fucking watch movies. I had a fire pit and all this shit. And I was like, we'll just hang out and start kicking it. And then I was like, oh, Thanksgiving's coming. People f- get fucked up and freak out around Thanksgiving. So I started hosting Thanksgiving at my house, you know? And I was like, I'd have like 70 or 80 alcoholics at my house for Thanksgiving. It was fucking rad. Like, and, and I remember one time, 4th of July, I had 150 people in my backyard. And this like newcomer came over and they were like, holy shit, there's a lot of people here and I was like yeah and I had my friend DJing and like it was so much fun and this guy's like you're telling me everybody here is sober and I was like yes dude and and he couldn't fucking believe it and we had some of my friends like shooting bottle rockets out his ass like all sober you know and you're just like yes and um and so I always tell people, like, I have a young sponsee right now, and she's like, I'm so worried I'm never going to have fun again. And I was like, I promise you, you will. Like, and you'll remember it. You'll remember where your car, I remember where my car is every day for, like, eight years. I'm so, like, every morning I wake up and I'm like, ta-da, like, I'm so proud of myself, you know? And I, I don't have to do that thing where you walk around it looking for blood and stuff or, like, scratches or anything. You're like, yay. And, um, you know, it, it, I, I just, I try to tell people, I'm like, I promise you can have fun again. And I know people, you know, I know some alcoholics that are like, I've got 30 years sober. And they're like the most miserable twats I've ever met in my whole entire life. And I'm like, but they also aren't doing shit about it. They're like not going out. They're not fellowshipping or sponsoring people. They're just being crusty in a meeting. Like I spilled more booze than you drank. And you're like, yeah, let's go spill it, brother. Like, you know, and it's like, but if, but if you choose to like, like I, I, when I got to Austin, I had a hard time because man, I was dialed in in Oakland. I knew all the meetings. I had tons of friends. And then you got, you know, those scenes in movies where the new kids in the cafeteria and they're like trying to figure out where to sit and everybody's like, this seat's taken. And you know, you're like going towards the weird table and they're like, fuck off. And that's how I felt like coming in. And I had like, I had time. I had like six years when I got here and I was like, oh man. But, but it was my alcoholism, like fucking with me and telling me you don't belong here. These people don't like you, you know? And I was like, oh my God, what's happening? You know, cause I didn't have a, you know, I still talked to my sponsor in Oakland, but I didn't have anybody here. And I was like, holy shit, you know, I gotta, I gotta get over myself. Cause my ego was starting to whisper at night. Like, man, you're, you're a fucking loser. And you, nobody here wants you here. And like, get, get the fuck. Let's go. Let's go drink. Like this is gonna, this isn't gonna work out for you. And man, I just went and I fought for my fucking seat. Like poor, like, again, I feel sorry for the people I first met when I got here. Like my home grew 13, 13 and people are kind of shy or they, or they talk to the people they know. And I just went in and I was like, Hey, I'm Jenny. I'm new. I just moved here. And people are like, Oh, okay. You know? And, um, and I kept doing it and I went three days a week and I found out other meetings and I just go and I talk to anybody and everybody. And slowly, I mean, it took a little time, like, but I'm starting to get to now where I can walk in a room and be like, Oh, Hey, like I know people and people are nice. And my, ego shut up long enough that I could be like, oh, it, it was just my alcoholism, like telling me I didn't fit and belong here. Cause I, I do fucking belong here. Like I'm, I definitely fucking qualify. And, uh, I have said, and it's so funny cause everybody that I've met here, I know everybody's like, keep your California out of my Texas. And I, like when I first moved here from California, I got that fucking California plate off my car so fucking fast. Like people pull up next to me and mad dog me. And I'm like, I'm from here, motherfucker. Like I was like, I just lived on the West coast for 20 years. You know and I was like? God damn it. But, um, but I've met a lot of people here who are like from the West coast too. And it's just, you know, everywhere you go, it's different. Like, you, like when I lived in LA and then I moved to Oakland, I was like, they don't do AA right here. And then I moved from Oakland to Austin. I'm like, they don't do AA right here. You know? And then I was like, get fucking over yourself. They do AA right. They, it's a bunch of alcoholics sitting in a room together and like, that's fucking right. You know? And so now I've got sponsees and I've got like a really, my sponsor sponsors like 20 something chicks, um, which I, 
I don't know how she did. I just wake up in the morning drinking coffee, be like, oh fuck, if I had that many spots, I got two and I'm fucking stressed out. Um, I'm like, please don't drink. Um, but I, I know I don't have any control over it, but it's like I really want my sponsees to stay sober, you know? And I'm like, oh man. Uh, and they don't always stay sober, which, you know, fucking sucks. But it's, you know, I get to stay sober, which is the greatest gift. And, and But I'm telling you, sponsorship's where it's fucking at. I've had so much fun sponsoring people. And, you know, and I'm get, I get better at it as I get, like, a little more time. And I have a great sponsor now who, like, mentors me, which is really helpful. And uh, and I fucking love it, you guys. Like, I, I'm, like, I love my fucking sober life. And it's, it's um... It's one of those things, like, I feel like alcoholics are the chosen people. Like, because I feel like I go to work and people, my, all my friends that are normies and stuff, they're all pissed off. And I'm like, you should do a 10-step around. And I'm like, never mind. Like, never mind, just be mad. You know, and it's like, it's so, I feel so lucky because I'm like, I know something you don't know. You know, and it's like, I just went to, like, my big work party. Uh, they had it out in Palm Desert. And there's, like, 400 of us for, at my company. And um, there's, like, seven of us that are sober. And we all, like, hang out together. We went in hot tub together. It was me, me and a bunch of gay dudes. It was awesome. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, and it's so funny because, like, at the big, like, dinner thing, you know, that night, everybody, like, all these people at a work function get fucking hammered, you guys. I mean, hammered. Like, one lady was, like, walking around. Like, she took, like, some lady's wheelchair. And I was like, oh, my fucking God. Like, and they start talking mad shit. And, like, as a sober person, you're just like, then what happened you know like you're just like, like i'm getting all the tea on everybody at work you know and it's but it's I, I just look at these people and i'm like thank fucking god that's not me like you know doing all this shit at, at a company event i get to wake up in the morning and you know like 6 a.m beach walk and i'm like let's do it and people are like fuck off you know they're all hung over and feel like shit and i don't you know and i get to be with other sober people at my company and it's like it's really fucking grand man i feel like we've got this secret club like you know i always laugh because you know they talk about anonymity and man when I first got sober anybody would look at me like you look happy and I'm like I'm sober I'm in AA because I was like so excited like I feel like I was drowning and I all that rage and all that like I I felt so unlovable my whole fucking life and I'll never forget I had a big party for like my one of my AA anniversaries and like I did my first four step like the fear behind everything was that I was unlovable it was the most horrifying thing to me that nobody was ever gonna love me and I I'm at this party and there's like fucking a bunch of people there it's at my friend's tattoo shop and he comes up to me and he puts his arm around me and he's like, look at all these people that are here. He's like, what do you think they're here for? And I was like, food. And he was like, no. And I was like, cake. And he was like, no. And I was like, the DJ. And he's like, no, dummy, they're here for you. And I remember like looking around at all these people and I was like, holy shit, like these people fucking love me. Like, and like all that shit, that alcoholism and like all this shit that happened to me as a kid and stuff, I was like, I finally really felt like I was fucking lovable, you know? And now I get to teach other people how to feel fucking lovable. And it's like, it's a big fucking deal. It's a really, really, really cool thing that we get to do. And it's it's not fucking hard, you guys. Like, you know, I mean, it's not fun, you know, to do the steps and stuff. But it's not that fucking hard. Like, write a list of people you're mad at. And then what was your part in it? Like, my, my first four step, I was like, I don't have a part. Um, but luckily, I had a sponsor that's like, maybe let's dig a little deeper. And uh, this la I just did a four step, like, a, a couple couple weeks ago. And I did that thing where I, I sat on it, you know, like, and I this is like my fifth four step. And I... I sat on it and then I was calling my sponsor. I'm like, I feel weird and I don't feel good. And I'm feeling like really uncomfortable. And she was like, yeah, jackass. Like you've been sitting on a four step for three months. And I was like, oh, it's like, I have the medicine. Like I know the steps make me feel better. And then I'll be like, I don't feel good. And people are like, why don't you take the medicine in your hand? And I'm like, I don't think it's going to work this time. You know, and I, every fucking time. And I'm like, and then I take the medicine and I'm like, oh yeah, that was easy. And I feel great. And now I'm not sick anymore. So, you know, 
I, if you if you ever like if you're lonely or bored or having a hard time connecting like please see me after the meeting like I'm happy to give you my number I'll go have coffee with you or hang out or whatever because I fellowship is important and the more people you know like I had a friend call me last night and she's like I'm in a bad spot I feel like I'm gonna fucking drink and she's like my car's broken and this sucks and I was like I'll come and get you let's fucking go and I went and got her she's like my wash and dryer doesn't work and I'm like mine does so I went and picked her up she came to my house did laundry we had tea and you know she she didn't fucking drink. And it's like, if, if it's something so simple. If you can go pick somebody up and do laundry with them, like, and save their life, fuck yeah, sign me up. Um, so that's for like 15 till, right? Or did oh, you, you say? can go till five till. Oh, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are all like, oh, come on, lady. Um, but, it, but it, you know, that kind of stuff, like you, you never know, like these little bitty things that you do. When I left Oakland to come here, I'd never been more scared in my whole entire life. I didn't do well with COVID, you guys. Like, I really fucking struggled because, like, all the Zoom AA shit. Holy <laughs> fuck. You're on mute. You're on mute. Like, if I heard that one more fucking time, I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking drink if another person's on mute. You know, I was so sick of it. And I'm super social. Like, I love sitting in rooms like this with <clears throat> alcoholics. Like, and I love getting to hug strangers and hold hands at the end. And, like, I loved it all. So when COVID hit and I couldn't do any of that shit, I fucking... I struggle. And thank God I had a little group like that we, our little, you know, COVID pod or whatever the fuck. And, um, they would come over, like there was like about six or seven of us. And if, if I didn't have those guys, I don't know how I would have made it. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a a struggle. And, and during COVID, you know, I, I have swore my whole life, you guys, I would never come back to text. I, I talk so much fucking shit about this state. Like when I first got sober, I'm like, you know the reason I'm an alcoholic? Because I'm from Texas. That's the only reason you need. You know, and people would like laugh on the West Coast and think it was so funny. And then I was like, I heard some guy share at a meeting one time. He was like, because he was, I had a Whataburger shirt on because I'm, I'm classy. And uh, I love, my sister sent it to me for Christmas when I lived on the West Coast. And I, I'm in my Whataburger shirt and this guy's sharing. And, and he's like, are you from Texas? And I was like, how'd you know that? And he's like, you have a fucking Whataburger shirt on. And I was like, oh, you know, and he's like, He's like, yeah, me too. And this is before I had my COVID epiphany. And I was like, yeah, fuck Texas. And he's like, yeah, that's what I used to think too. He's like, I thought I hated Texas too. And he's like, and then the longer I've been sober, he's like, I realized I didn't hate Texas. I hated who I was when I lived in Texas. And I was all, like it like (laughs) punched me in my stomach. And I was like, holy shit balls. Like I was like, I was so irritated because I wanted to hate Texas so bad, y'all. I was like, God damn it. And then during COVID, like my whole family lives here. You know, my son, my mom, my sister, my nieces and nephews are all here. And I had told my mom, I was like, I'm thinking about coming back, you know? And she was like, well, what? My kid's like, she'll never fucking do it. She'll never come back here, you know? And I had, um, you guys aren't gonna believe this. Like I got, I got sober. So when I got sober, I, I gotten fired from that job. And when I worked at this company, my biggest competitor for the 10 fucking years that I was drinking and selling furniture was this bougie ass furniture company, right? Talk about gifts to the program. I'd been sober 30 fucking days and, uh, and I didn't have a job, so I was going to lots of meetings. And, uh, and I was looking for work. And this company that had been my biggest competitor the entire time that I was drinking and using um, had a job opening. And I thought, oh, fuck it. Like, I got nothing to lose. I'm just going to apply for it. And then they called me for an interview. And I was like, what the fuck? And then I went in for this interview. And they made me come take this test. And then I had to go in for more interviews. And then they're like, yeah, we're going to hire you. And I was like what? Like, and I had that total like AA imposter syndrome shit where I was like, is my resume stuck to somebody else's resume? Where they're like looking at it and they're like, this chick looks amazing. And then they pull off the paper that's on front of mine and they're like, oh shit. But it wasn't the case. And they hired this fucking fabulous company hired me and I got to work for this kick-ass company. And, um, 
And it was amazing. You know, and there, like I said, there were sober people there and we got bought out during COVID and the parent company of my company that I work at, um, wanted to hire me. You guys, they offered me so much fucking money. It was like, I had to try to act cool. And they're like, well, the starting salary is only like 110,000. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, they're like, is that okay? And I'm like, and I, in my mind, I was like, don't fucking freak out. Cause I was about to like, fuck it. That's the most money I've ever made in my whole entire life. And I was like, yeah, that should be okay. Like I was trying so hard not to scream. And I was like, holy shit. I was like, I've made it. And my boss was like, my current boss was like, you're going to fucking hate working for that company. It's super conservative, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I fucking hated $110,000 worth, you know? And I was like, fuck it. And I went to work for this big bougie ass company and guess what? I hated it. Like, it was like, it's all these people from Holland, Michigan, and I showed up with fucking blue hair and shit, and they were, like, grabbing their purses, and I'm like, I work here, assholes. Like, they were horrible. I think they thought I was coming to rob them. It was amazing. And, um, but I worked there for a year and a half, right? And I, I just wasn't happy, and I didn't like it. But because of AA and because of this program, I didn't fucking burn any bridges when I left my, my job that I loved to go to work for our parent company. And I called my old boss, and because he's the one that told me I was going to hate it. And I called him a year later, and I said, how's it going, Harry? And my boss is like, is this the part where you call me and tell me that I was right and that you hated it? And I instantly started crying. I'm like, I fucking hate it so much. You know, and he was like, no problem. Give me 10 minutes. 10 minutes, you guys. I had my fucking, I had a job in Austin, Texas. And I like, that's a fucking gift of this program. I mean, I didn't even have to interview. I didn't have to do shit. Took a big fucking pay cut, but I, uh, but I got to come back. And that's the kind of shit that happens. Like when you stick around and you do this shit, like really rad stuff starts to happen. And I got to come back to Austin. I still probably, I'm a little nervous to go to Dallas where I live. I'm probably still like there's part of my face still behind the bars, like, don't let this lady in, like, under any circumstances. Half the bars I went to, they were gone anyway, but, but there's, right. I was at the grapevine one time, and this guy that used to bartend there was like, Jenny, and he's like, what the fuck, and I, I, he, I could tell, like, the look of, like, horror, and I was like, don't worry, dude, I'm sober, he's like, oh, he's like, oh, good, <laughs> I'd be, like, peeing on their pool table and shit when I was drinking, like, you know, it's like, that's not a bathroom, I'm like, it is tonight, you know, and so, um, I'm just super grateful, you know, like, I, I feel so lucky I have a good fucking job like I, I you know it's not perfect I've done really stupid shit in sobriety and uh but luckily I I don't drink over it I fucking call my sponsor I call my friends I, I fucking work it out and I get to I get to like be here and fucking kick it with you guys on a Friday night which is rad um you know and it, I I really I always tell people like because people <laughs> like my friend still jokes with me he's like you're on the fucking longest pink cloud in the history of the world. But like, don't let people tell you that that shit goes away because it doesn't fucking have to. Like people are like, oh, they're new, they're on a pink cloud. And I'm like, yeah, motherfuckers, they were dying and they're happy to not be dying. Like I'm still stoked. Like fucking, I've been in, I've been in and out of these rooms for 11 years. And I like, I look in the mirror in the morning and I'm like, ta-da, like I'm so proud of myself that I'm fucking still here. Like I, I shouldn't be. I mean, I fucking stopped my heart. I fucking, you know, I OD'd so many times I can't count. And it's like, all this stuff that I used to think like, oh, how, what a good coincidence that I OD'd in front of a hospital. And then now like that I've been in this program, I'm like, man, that was like God or your higher power, whatever you want to call it. Like that wasn't coincidence. Like the universe was like, we're not done with your dumb little ass yet. Like, let's restart that heart and get you back, back out there. And uh, I, I really, really, really feel like, like we're the luckiest people in the world. And I, I'm beyond fucking grateful that we get to kick it all together. And it's like I said, it's not hard. You guys just fucking do it. Like don't sit on a four step like I do and make your life miserable. Just knock that shit out and make friends. You guys, you'll like when I was leaving Oakland, so many people like would come up to me and like, we're crying and stuff. And they're like, you bought me my first big book. You paid for my dinner one night. You did. And it was little shit, you guys, like nothing big. And people were like, 
I'll never forget you invited me to fellowship. Super simple stuff. The first girl that invited me to fellowship here, I'm sure she's like, yeah, I get it. Like a year and a half and I was still like, you were the first person. She's like, yeah, I fucking know. Like I tell her every time I see her how much that fucking meant to me. Cause like, you know, they say you want the hand of AA always to be there. That shit is huge. If you see somebody sitting in the corner and looks super fucking uncomfortable, they are like, go fucking say hi to them. You could change the trajectory of their fucking life just by saying hi. So I think I'm going to shut up. We got like five minutes. Is that cool? Yeah. You're cool. Oh, okay. my God. oh, thank you guys so much. I appreciate it.